You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. From the Virginia Tech Corporate Research Center in Blacksburg, Virginia, it's Tuesday, September 19th, 2023, and this is TSL Today. We hope you enjoy the new audio format of TSL Today as we shift toward a quick and easy news update on everything Hokie sports for your commute home. I'm your host, Carter Hill, and today we talk with lead analyst and columnist Chris Coleman about Brent Pry's Week 4 press conference, including Kyron Drones' first start against Rutgers, the quarterback situation as a whole, and depth chart concerns on both sides of the ball. That's all coming up next on TSL Today. I'm excited about his performance. You know, I talked to him yesterday. I mean, very proud of some things he did. And I think he really helped our run game. I thought it opened it up. When I look at that end zone copy and, you know, just having to defend him as well, running the ball, I think um, helped us in that regard. I think he threw some very nice balls. You know, I think there's a couple he'd like to have back, but I think he threw some nice balls as well. Well, there is the head Hokie himself, Brent Pry, talking about Kyron Drones' performance against Rutgers this past weekend in Piscataway. Chris Coleman, do you agree with Pry's assessment on how he looked? I think that's pretty accurate. Um, I think he did some good things. He did a little better in the traditional passing game than I thought he would, but I, and he didn't do quite as well in the read option game as mm -hmm. I thought he would. He missed a few reads. Most of the rushing yardage came from you know draws or quarterback leads and things like that. Uh, but I, I thought Tyler Bowen seemed more comfortable with him at quarterback. They expanded parts of the offense in terms of the quarterback's release point. And I do think rolling him out, it does make defenders think about side-to-side things, and it opens up the inside running game a little more, exactly like Pry said. Um, now, you've got to continue to evaluate it. Um, as we'll talk about later, Drones is going to be the starting quarterback this weekend, I'm sure. So then you're going to have two games worth of film. Uh, and it wouldn't even shock me if you ended up with three games of film as him as a starter. So we're just now starting to gather evidence on him and what the offense lo looks like. But I thought felt like that was a pretty accurate assessment by Pry. I was going to say, how much do you think he really provided Tech a spark on the ground? He definitely did. I mean, you, you could see it. I think, do think Tech blocked better, but I, I think they were helped by the fact that when you get things going side to sideline a little bit, even when it's like uh, on sprint outs with, with your quarterback, it does make those defense and defensive ends and those linebackers hesitate slightly. And, and I think you could see that with uh, Tootin averaging 4.1 yards per mm -hmm. carry this week, mm -hmm. which isn't a ton, but it's by far the best he's done through this course. Yeah, exactly. So I thought there was a little bit more room, uh, especially when you consider the strength of the Rutgers team is, is their rush defense. So that was a positive development. Uh, in the end, like though, it was still like only 16 points in the game. So it was like Virginia Tech got to the same place that they normally get to. They just took a different route. Well, you alluded to it earlier, but how close really is Grant Wells to returning in your eyes? Not, I would at least another week, probably more than that, just in my opinion. I mean, the fact that Pry came out and, and admitted that he 
barely practiced last week. I think the only time they practiced him last week was when the media was there, mm-hmm. just to try to throw Rutgers off. And then they dressed him out for the game, but Price came out and said today, yeah, he wasn't even really our emergency quarterback. So all that right. stuff was to fool Rutgers. And uh, I, I think by listing him as an or with Kyron Jones <laughs> this week is more of the same stuff. Uh, if he couldn't practice la- last week, and, and I was my understanding is by the end of the week, he was still ha- having a lot of pain, even just walking, m- much mm-hmm. less running. Like he was significantly injured against Purdue and shouldn't have stayed in the game as long as he did. Um, but I, I think it's going to be a while. Like you talk, everything about the quarterbacks is now a moot point because right. he's there is no competition right now because he's not available. And uh, you'll just have to wait and see what happens when Drones is the starter and try to compare that to what it looked like the first game and a half when Wells was the, the starter and healthy and make a decision from there. But for right now, it's not even a discussion. It's drones all the way. Well, we were talking about it off air. This is kind of the the magnitude of the situation. If Kyron Drones really got hurt on that two-point play, Pop <laughs> Watson would have played the rest of the game. Yeah, he, uh, you know, he was slow to get up, and he did limp off. And mm-hmm. my first thought, you know, the tackle was behind, so my first thought was, oh, my gosh, Achilles. Yes. Yeah, so I haven't heard that there's any any lingering effects there. Um, and I hope uh, I hope that's certainly true because I would hate to have to throw a true freshman in there before he's ready. Well, here's how close Grant Wells is to returning in Brent Pry's eyes. Yeah, I think his uh, his progress was slow last week. Um, yeah, I was hoping he'd be an emergency guy for the game. I don't know that he really was. Uh, that was going to be uh, a tough one. But uh, – you know, we're going to continue to work and treat him and rehab him. I saw him this morning. He's definitely feeling better. But until we get out there and see what you can do, uh, moving around and, uh, you know, you just don't know. Now, I think it's important to bring this up, too. And Mike Barber of the Richmond Times-Dispatch did so today in the press conference. But if Grant Wells is healthy enough to play on Saturday, is he still the hokey starter? Here's Brent Pry. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we'd have to see how the week goes. Uh, you know, that's a question that would be answered maybe as late as Saturday. Um, again, as I mentioned earlier, I think all week takes an evaluation. We had a heck of a competition with those guys all week, or excuse me, all preseason camp. And, uh, you know, if Grant's healthy enough to get a good week of practice in, then we'll make that decision on Friday or Saturday. Who gives us the best chance to play well and beat Marshall? What are your thoughts on that, Mr. Coleman? Uh, I, I don't. Th- I think there's not enough evidence of drones behind center to know exactly what the offense is going to be able to do. We know what it looked like against Rutgers, and, and I've said I thought Bowen called his best game. So it seems to me that Bowen is a little more comfortable with drones' skill set. But that's just one game when Rutgers had no film of some of the stuff Tech Tech was doing differently with drones. Marshall, who's one of the better defenses in, in the country, they were eighth last year, I believe. Uh, you know, they're going to have film, so it's going to be a different challenge every week. Um, I, I think what they're going to end up settling on is probably drones is what they'll end mm-hmm. up doing. But we don't know what it's going to look like um, over the next few weeks either. If Tech isn't successful, I mean, they're, they're not favored this week. You know, we'll see about Pitt, then they're certainly not going to be favored against Florida State. There's a, you know, they stare a possibility of one and five in the face. And at that point, it becomes less about winning now and more about building. And that would certainly favor drones for sure, sure. in that situation. So I still think there's plenty of uh, plenty of stuff to be decided. But, you know, I, I just, it would not shock me 
if we didn't see Wells like for quite a while, like, like I don't think he's going to, I know he's not going to play this week. Uh, we might not see him until October. That's my gut feel. Hmm. Now, Pry also said Jalen Lane does have a much better chance of playing this weekend. Nazir Peoples is out. Keontae Jenkins is, quote, probable. And Jalen Stroman is questionable. What are your thoughts on that? I think uh, Jalen Stroman uh, is being questionable. is mm, that, That's tough because, you know, we know Nasir Peoples is out. And I think you can move Mansoor Delane or Derek Canteen to safety as, as Mansoor Delane is now listed on the depth chart is a backup safety, but I wouldn't shock me if he started there. I would love to have him and Stroman starting at safety because I think that would make Tech's defense better. But now the thing is, even if you move him there and, and start delaying at safety, then you're still starting either Jalen Jones or Most Phillips at the other safety spot. So I think if, if Stroman can't play, that would be a significant downgrade for Virginia Tech's defense because I think he's been a good and consistent player for the Hokies so far. Uh, the other Jalen, Jalen Lane, you know, I was a little bit surprised he didn't didn't play mm-hmm. this past week. But you and know, he looked full go in warm-ups, yeah, too. Yeah, we the, were down on the field. Those hamstring injuries can be tricky. And uh, so we'll see. Um, I do. I would anticipate him playing this week. I would hope so. But again, you don't want to make any predictions with a hamstring right. injury. Like, I've, I think Pry feels confident with it. He seems confident. But I don't think he's going to come out and say, yeah, he's definitely going to play because of just the nature of hamstring injuries. Now, just to sidetrack a little bit, I think a lot of the fan base has gotten frustrated with this at certain times. And what I'm referring to is the lack of true transparency when it mm. comes to injuries. <laughs> Nick Gallo, Ollie Jennings, Grant Wells, Doreen Strong last year. And it felt like, in a way, Brent Pry was addressing those concerns earlier today. Let's listen. You know, for me, just about depth charts on a Tuesday, you know, there's not a lot of concrete. Uh, you know, there's not a lot I can say. It doesn't mean a whole lot to me on Tuesdays. Um, there's some things on there that are concrete, but there's also, you know, there's there's injury issues, there's performance issues. Uh, we need these four days to evaluate things uh, on both those uh, standpoints to to have a true depth chart. Um, so a Tuesday depth chart to me doesn't say a whole lot. I know a lot of people have gone away from them, but, um, you know, I think there's things that, that you can know on a Tuesday, but there's a lot of things you don't know. And, uh, and then there's always things that, uh, you know, you want to pl- keep it close to the cuff, that you just feel like it's better off that uh, the opponent doesn't know the answer to the question. So, yeah. He's right um, about you don't necessarily know all the information on Tuesday. Now, I do know that there's been some stuff they've put on the depth chart that they absolutely knew was not going to be that way, but they still did it anyway. So it's a little bit of both. But this isn't just a Brent Pry thing. I mean, the head coach at Indiana earlier this year, they had a kicking competition in the preseason. And so they asked him the week before the first game, have you decided on a kicker? And he said, yes, but I'm not going to tell you who it is. (laughs) So he literally wouldn't put a starting kicker on the depth chart that week. Uh, You know, some coaches are just very, very cautious about that. And it's not even so much about like, you know, the HIPAA laws and things like that. They're trying to do it about, you know, deception for, for the opponent and, and stuff like that. Uh, some coaches don't seem to care about it. Deion Sanders came out this past week and said, oh, yeah, so-and-so's three out for three weeks. weeks. Yeah, three right, weeks. Dead on what the a dot. random number in college football. I, I just think it's kind of a waste of time because, like I said, Greg Schiano in his Monday press conference last week, he was like, yeah, Ali Jennings had surgery. Yeah, He already knew it. Like, I had heard from two different people that he had a break. 
in his leg and was going to require surgery before the game even restarted the Purdue game, right? So word gets out. So I think some of the stuff is just pointless to try to hide. And, and, I, and I think it's going to be fairly obvious that, that, uh, that Drones is going to be the starting quarterback. I can get, I'm sure that's what Marshall's going to prepare for. Um, and frankly, I, I think it's, it's, it's not that big a deal because Tech's offense under Wells was so simple to defend. They never roll them out or anything like that, and they, they did that with Drones. And uh, so I, I think even if it turned out to be Wells, it's just such a simple offense to defend anyway that, that you don't really have to prepare for it all that much. So it's not a situation where I think it's going to help Tech being, being deceptive like that. Um, but that's just the philosophy of some coaches. And quite frankly, it wouldn't matter. It's not that big of a deal. If Tech was winning, nobody would care. Right. That's what it comes down to. Well, let's get in a quick ad read before we go. This episode of TSL Today is brought to you by The Hokie Way. The Hokie Way is pleased to announce that their countdown to kickoff donation campaign reached its goal and was a success. They raised just over $265,000 in donations. Of that, $250,000 were matched, ultimately resulting in over $515,000 in funding. The Hokie Way shared with us that in the last week alone, Tech Sideline generated 510 donations, totaling approximately $65,000. So well done, TSLers. Chris, as always, what's coming up on TSL later this week? Man, we're going to have our preview and our podcast on Thursday. We'll have an Inside the Numbers uh, Friday Q&A. Good coverage from Andy Bitter and David Cunningham, as always. I think David's going to do an Olympic sports mm. uh, Q&A because, uh, you know, we haven't really covered that too much yet. And, the, and some of those sports are, are get, really getting cranked up now. So yet another busy week. Chris, as always, thanks for hopping on. Appreciate it. That's Chris Coleman. I'm Carter Hill. And that was your Tuesday installment of TSL Today. TSL Today.